My scripture this morning is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. And then we skip on over to verses 36 through 43. If you'd like to follow along as I read aloud, it is found in your pew Bibles on page 13. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. And the slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat among them, along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, and the field is the world. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. Now I have to be honest with you, this may be one of my favorite passages of scripture, which you hear me say all the time. But mainly because I get to say they will be thrown into the furnace of fire. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I love using this as an example. As we continue in the Gospel of Matthew with this second parable, the weeds and the wheat. One can well imagine how this parable might have functioned in the earliest Christian communities. Maybe it was a, a caution of who envisioned a perfect church. To those who sought to cull their numbers from time to time by raising the standards, maybe adding additional rules and qualifications for Christian membership. But this parable also suggests grace and non-judgment and becoming a welcoming, inclusive community of faith. You see, with good seed and bad seed, wheat and darnel, the farmer and the enemy, God and the harvest, all connect to create a powerful story that may well confront our own views and visions of what the worshiping community is supposed to look like in the world. As I was telling my Sunday school class this morning, one of the hardest parts about us is, is that we tend to believe that everything we read in the Gospels has to pertain to us. And in a real reality aspect of it, 
we are the overhearers of an audience that was taking place in the first and second century. Their enemies were very clearly Rome and anybody that went against the teachings of Jesus and God. This is a very hard passage of scripture. Notice the, dis the movement between church and the world within the framework of the parable stories. Jesus goes into the crowd with parables. Now, in the academic sense, there's a group of people called the West, Inst West Star Institute that uh, were a part of this Jesus seminar, but really the goal was in the midst of it, they were trying to find uh, a, a common verbiage or vernacular that gave them the ability to say, Jesus most likely said this, because we don't have a, a, the gospel of Jesus, right? So there has to be some criteria that's put together. And this happens to be one of those passages of scripture that's kind of on the fence in the sense of, did Jesus say this? Probably the second part more than the first. I'm, I got that wrong. The first more than the second. Jesus goes to the crowd with parables telling them the story. But regarding its interpretation, he left the crowd and went into the house. Thus, to his disciples, he explained his meaning. And you can hear it. Thus, those that heard the parable, you are the readers. Implicitly, a part of the in-group of the Christians of the first century. Unfortunately, you did, you as the readers would get to hear the second part. The crowd only got to hear the story of the weeds and the wheat. But let's talk about what he's saying. There's the perennial human cry thinly veiled behind our glorious world together, families and whatever the triumphant church is supposed to look like, no matter what you say, there's evil amongst it. The church, for example, can be so courageous and bold in confronting evil in one moment, and let's be honest, so petty and faithless in the next. Good mixes in with the bad. The master in the parable orders the servants to leave it alone. Let the weeds grow amongst the wheat. Is this passivity? I mean, is this passive aggressiveness? No. You don't ignore injustice and violence and evil in the world. But we also ultimately realize that we do not have the ability to rid ourselves of our own weeds and our own vines that keep us from fully growing to fruition. Our task, as complicated as it is, is to live faithfully and as obediently as possible, confident in God alone who makes the harvest Sure. Now I've heard this passage of sermon, the scripture preached multiple ways. Most of the time it's in a place where the, the church is trying to make a decision on, uh, on discipline. 
How do we discipline with one another? How, how do we deal with differences and dissent amongst its members? I, myself, have preached this sermon in such a wee, way that talked about the weeds and the wheat growing within the same sanctuary. I remember being in front of this congregation and preaching this sermon and talking about how that in that exact place we knew that there was good and bad happening within the same church and yet there was a step further. While there were weeds growing amongst our harvest, there were snakes that were biting at our ankles. Now the part that I probably will have to ask God for forgiveness for is, is that I took advantage of that situation in the sense that I knew that there were members of the congregation that were stirring the pot, you might say. That they were trying to make the weeds grow better. And they would bite at the people's heels and make it so that they had a hard time growing or moving forward. That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying in spite of the differences, we grow together. And at the end, God takes care of that. Not us. That's not our priority. Our priority is to be the wheat. To grow in spite of the weeds and the vines growing around us. You know what I'm talking about. In your own life, you find that there's moments in your life where in these moments of our faith, something will always make us question it. I would call those weeds. There's moments in our life when we feel like everything about our faith, we start to question everything about God. And I would call those vines, and I feel them suffocating us, even as I'm talking about it. Sometimes it's within our own congregation. Sometimes it's within our own lives. Sometimes it's with our family members or our friends. Unfortunately, it's all the time in our world. It's really important that we recognize that our faith is different than the world. God has sowed seeds all over the world for it to grow knowing full well that weeds and vines will grow and try to suffocate it. Our job is to continue to try to find those nutrients, to feel watered, to be loved and cared for, to watch out for our other pieces of wheat growing in our own farm as we continue to try to grow together and grow above those weeds. To reach far into the sky, knowing that God provides the sustaining, life-giving force above anything that we could ever imagine. But we're human. That's really hard when we're not in control. I mean, we don't have that problem here at this church because, you know, we're the perfect congregation. We don't ever have any moments of dissension. We have never had any moments where we disagree with one another. We don't have to worry about this because, again, you know, you are the perfect church.
I think it's important for us to recognize that as the world continues to grow angry and bitter and just trying to start fires, our mission is to continue to try to grow. As we continue to reach into the heavens, we also recognize that in the midst of those weeds growing around us, that God gives us that sustaining life. Evil is there. There's no way to escape it. There's nothing we can do about it. The trick is to not be it. What? How is that possible, Josh? Have you ever thought sometimes that maybe you might be the weed? That's a little bit harder to, uh, to uh, digest. What if we are the ones that are keeping people from growing? What if we are the ones that are suffocating somebody else from their own faith journey? According to Jesus, at the end, we will be weeded out. And then I get to use my favorite phrase. And we will be thrown in the fiery furnace. And there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't get to say that very often in a sermon. I probably should have pounded the pulpit when I did it, but I, I just I didn't want to. As we continue to move forward as First Christian Church and we find ourselves in the midst of the world that we live in, our job is to continue to grow. Our job is to continue to also sow seeds of love, peace, and compassion amongst the world. Our job is not to cast weeds. If you are known only by the fruits of your own spirit, God sees you for who you are. Not the way the world sees you but the way that God sees you. So let's grow and wait for the harvest. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.